Hi everyone, I'm Susan Harrow, media coach, marketing strategist, and author of the best-selling book, Sell Yourself Without Selling Your Soul. I'm also CEO of PRSecrets.com, and I want to welcome you to the Be A Media Darling podcast. Join us on BeAMediaDarling.com and PRSecrets.com, where you'll get free goodies and also the resources that we mention in each episode, as well as other delightful things that will help you shine in the media spotlight. On Media Coaching Monday, I'll show you exactly what you need to do mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually to prepare for specific types of media appearances, including written print interviews, phone interviews, radio appearances, TV appearances, speaking engagements, podcasts, of course, panel events, and more. Tune in every Monday to get your soundbite set for your time in the spotlight. Our topic today is five things I learned from Jack Canfield's mastermind group to help make your book a bestseller. We were all sitting in Jack Canfield's living room on a huge couch in his home in Santa Barbara, and we were surrounded by these giant jams and crystals and artwork and also views into his lush gardens that was actually reminiscent of Canfield's beloved Hawaii. And he mentioned that he wanted to create a room where diplomats and leaders of countries, as well as his family, could feel comfortable. And I love that idea that we were actually sitting on that same couch where those same leaders of countries had sat before us. So each of us who had been chosen for the mastermind was in his living room. We'd all won this mastermind day with Jack Canfield for being a top affiliate for his bestseller blueprint program, which I highly recommend. Um, and we'll put a, a link in my blog post for it, by the way. I mean, in at BeAMediaDarling.com. So in the room, we were brainstorming about our businesses. And some in that room were some of the most successful internet marketers on the web today. Bill and Steve Harrison, they were leading the discussion. And what they did is they asked us each to share something about our business that was working well, that others could learn from, and then a fact about ourselves that no one knew. And then we got to ask a question about our business to get feedback and help from Jack Canfield and the group. So I'm going to share with you some of the things that actually happened in that room that will help make your book a bestseller. Number one is speak with authority. I've got one question, then I'll tell you what to do. One outspoken internet marketer said, we all laughed and then we listened. Because he had already proven himself as someone who knew what he was talking about. And earlier, he had kept us all in rapt attention with the measurement tools that he employed to get the highest clicks to conversions, as well as his mistakes that had led him into success. So once you've proven that you have solid knowledge, people trust what you have to impart. Best-selling books are written by voices who have proven methods and then who can impart them in a simple and direct manner. And I'm talking about, you know, nonfiction books here and self-help books here. Fiction is another story, although fiction is written by a voice that we trust, the narrator, and that we have to trust the characters. But I'm I'm talking about self-help or uh, or what's called prescriptive books, which is giving you advice or telling you something um about to improve your life or improve a process. So best-selling books are written by voices who have proven methods and can then share or impart them in a simple and direct manner. That's what, what building authority is. So we, we like, trust, believe, and buy from you. 
Number two is talk the language of your tribe. So when one person in the room asked for advice about stopping slander, lots of people offered solutions to help him let go of his resentment, but he would have none of it. And he just got more and more red-faced, and he was getting super worked up over the unfairness of it all. I thought he was going to like burst. His face was so red. He was so angry and so full of this, you know, anxiety about what had happened to him on the internet that he thought was so unfair. And he said he wanted justice. And he filled the, he filled the room with his fury. I mean, it was really palpable. And he wouldn't accept anyone's methods to make a shift until someone said about the slander, F him, and then forgive him. That worked. Why? He spoke the angry man's language first. And then he gave him what he needed to let it go. So when you give advice, speak the language of your audience so they can hear you. There's a Sufi joke that goes like this that I love. A tax collector fell in the river and couldn't get out. And many people gathered and tried to assist him, even though he was starting to drown and he wouldn't take anyone's hand so they could pull him out. It mystified and alarmed. The people rushed to get advice from the wise fool named Nazrudin. And he asked, what are the helpers saying? And they said, give me your hand. Never ask a tax collector to give you anything, said Nasrudin. Say, take my hand, which they did and then got him safely out of the river. So speak the language of your tribe. The examples in a best-selling book need to address both the spoken and the unspoken needs of their audience. Best-selling book authors understand the language of their tribe so they can tell them things that others can't because they may be hard to hear or hard to bear. Number three is tell stories with your own twist. When it was my turn to offer the factoid that no one knew about me to the group, I told a short story about an experience that I'd had in college. When I was attending UC Berkeley, I worked at Zellerbach Hall as an usher. And one night, the great ballet dancer Rudolf Nureyev came to perform. And in my naivete, I thought it would be really, really lovely to invite him to tea. So after the performance, I went backstage and I approached him. And when I asked him to tea, he just stared at me. And I thought, hmm, Russian's his first language and maybe he didn't understand. So I asked him again. And this time he just smirked. Not one word, just a smirk. That was my answer. The typical saying goes, always ask for what you want, and the worst that can happen is is you get a no, but that's actually not the worst thing that can happen. I said that day at Jack Canfield's, I said, the worst thing isn't even a word, it's a smirk. And Canfield said, good story. And this story didn't have the same ending that we've heard before, right? No one expected anything to come after the perceived ending, that the worst that can happen is you get a no. That's the twist. So we've all heard tons of advice, mostly unoriginal, except in the telling and the twist. So that's what makes you the best-selling author, unique storyteller, and a thought leader, the surprising twist. Number four, put butt to seat and words to page. I'll tell you a secret to working less. Work less, said one coach. And we all sat stunned. What? It's a similar statement to what made the Nike brand truly famous. Just do it. But how, people ask, how, 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 how? I don't have the time, others moan. 
And this coach claimed that he only worked three hours a day, less than Tim Ferriss, who works four. And just by allowing himself that time to get his work done, he said he had to manage his time around those three hours instead of letting the minutiae of his day frizzle away his time. So here's my version of that statement on how to write a best-selling book. Step one, put butt in seat. Step two, put pen to page. Step three, move pen without moving mind. Step four, don't stop. Step five, rinse and repeat. Number five, write the worst shit in America. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say those words on a podcast. I think, I guess we are, just not on radio. Yes, give yourself permission to write the worst shit in America. And I really think I should say it. And this is the advice of the best-selling author, Anne Lamott, who one of my favorite books is uh, Bird by Bird that she wrote. She told that to an audience recently Recently, that her, her shitty drafts, her shitty first drafts are just as shitty as yours. Believe it. You have to write something shitty in order to create a best-selling book. Editing comes later. And I was talking to my client and colleague, Sharon Melnick. She's a PhD, a business psychologist. She's a stress resilience expert. She's got a book out called Success Under Stress, Powerful Tools for Staying Calm, Confident, and Productive Productive When the Pressure's On. And she said that to try and write and edit at the same time is at cross-purposes for your brain because these are actually two different functions that are not compatible when done simultaneously. And I know how hard it is to get words on a page, so I'll share a few secrets from my writing group. First, we follow Anne Lamott's advice. So we write without censoring yourself. When you don't think, you access the deep knowing that's available in the unconscious. This is the same process that we use for creating sound bites. And I advise my clients just to talk without pausing or without thinking, just blurt it out. And then I search for the gold. I'm mining for the best phrases that come out naturally in the uncensored talking. But here's the thing, and this is Oh, oh, here, this is borne out by neuroscience, which has done research on the brains of like musicians who improvise. When they improvise, a different part of the brain lights up. It's not the thinking part. And it, it lights up in the brain. And this is the exact same thing. If you're speaking without thinking and you're writing without thinking. So the judgment and the editing and that other con- uh, more um, literal part of the brain and the more um, the judgmental part of the brain can't butt in. So it back to my writing group. The next thing that we do is we follow Natalie Goldberg's philosophy not to take your pen off the page. So you keep moving your pen no matter what. Just like in soundbites, we keep moving your mouth no matter what. To do this, you can write phrases like, what I really want to say is, or what I don't want to say is, or what I've hidden from you all along is. I am writing the worst shit in America. You can even write that down. So I learned these phrases and techniques from my dear friend and wonderful writing teacher, Lori Wagner, in her wild writing courses, which I do. I've been doing it, I think it's been like seven years now every week. So some of this came originally from Natalie Goldberg's book, Writing Down the Bones. Fantastic book. It's one. It's still one of my all-time favorites, along with, like I said, Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird. Fantastic books. 
So these phrases will keep your pen moving on the page. And yes, I suggest that you write by hand before typing your work into your computer because there's something that happens when you're touching organic objects like paper and pencils that allow for a deeper connection to yourself and the world. All of the brilliant internet marketers in the room had written the worst shit in America. Then they refined it and refined it again and again and again, but they weren't afraid to do it. Or rather, maybe they were afraid, but their fear didn't stop them. And the phrase that I know you've probably heard before, but it's a good one, is better done than perfect, is a really good place to start. Because you can always do another iteration. That's called editing, right? It's the same with a book. It's the same with a course. You get it all done, get it all out, and then you refine it. So editing is not writing. And some of the best writers in this country's country are perceived as such because they have talented editors. Pat Conroy is one, by the way. I think, what, how many pages did he write? Like 1,500. And his editor would have to, or more, and his editor would have to carve out of that 1,500 words, like three to 500 that actually craft the story. So write the worst shit in America and then edit the heck out of it. Question for you. What's the biggest barrier to writing your best-selling book? So you can join Jack Canfield on a free teleseminar on how he sold over 500 million books. I will put the link on beamediadarling.com so you can go to that webinar and find out his secrets for free. Um, and if it's over, register anyway, because then you'll be alerted to the next time it's offer, offered, which will be soon. So they don't offer it all the time. But just go ahead and put your name in name and email address in there so you can be alerted. And in the meantime, I'm going to pop a link in in the blog post for you, the episode blog post, whatever we're calling these things today, uh, on beamediadarling.com for free training with Jack Canfield now on how to write, publish, and promote your book. It's great stuff. And it's really will help keep you inspired as well. So I will look forward to reading your best-selling book very soon. Hop on over to BeAMediaDarling.com for any of the resources that we mentioned in this episode and also for free goodies. You'll also find over there some surprises because I would love to be able to delight you. Thanks so much for listening to the Be A Media Darling podcast with me, Susan Harrow. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. And remember, speak your mind, stand your ground, sing your song. I look forward to meeting you.